Hi, I'm Kira. And I'm Sarah. And And you're you're listening to Decom Mission. That makes sense. I'm hoping it doesn't pick up my blanket too much. I'm not. I'm going to try not to move it. Are you just triggered every time you hear blanket now? No, I'm not. I okay, am, good. <laughs> I would be triggered every time I hear the word blanky. Ah, I'll make sure to not call it my blanky. Please don't. Not that I would ever do that. <laughs> I don't remember the last time I said the word blanky. Exactly. Welcome, everyone. It is our second Christmas movie of the year. There is hammering. Can we just call it our first. <laughs> I wish there's hammering outside of my apartment because that's apartments. It sounds like someone is just throwing a hammer at sheet metal so i'm really sorry if that gets picked up i'm deep in my closet all of our windows are closed it's 10 a.m on a saturday like whoever is doing this is a very unpleasant human being uh can't help it you live by thor apparently i wish i lived by thor thor would be more uh he wouldn't consider it of his neighbors yeah like i was gonna say apologetic but anyway, hey, that too. so our movie today is The Ultimate Christmas Present, which, funny story, so as we were watching this movie, Ethan was watching it with us, and we were both sitting there, and I was just having this kind of, kind of budding realization that I had seen this movie, and Ethan goes, wait a minute, spoiler, wait a minute, isn't this the movie where they make it snow in Los Angeles? And I was like, oh my god, it is! And then I was like, wait, he was like, I remember watching this on TV. And I was like, I do too. Do you remember that the next thing that happened that they showed was the Polar Express? And he was like, yes, I do. I remember that vividly. (laughs) So that was a very interesting moment where I I, get the spoiler alert. (laughs) I was like, ah, it's going to snow in Los Angeles. To be fair, the weather machine had already started and it wasn't the actual like end of the movie. It was pretty much the meat of the movie. (laughs) No, I wasn't actually mad. I was like, Guys, spoilers, come on. Yeah. But it was very weird because it's kind of one of those things where you like almost realize that you're in the same place. You were like in the same place, like on the on vacation of the same place as someone and they're like in your photo. It was kind of like that feeling where I was like, oh yeah. my God, we both remember the exact same moment on TV. Like that's, that's, it's, it was a little jarring. It was weird. I would, I would have happened because <laughs> Ethan said it and then you just went, oh my gosh. Yeah. I thought I hadn't seen this movie, and then I definitely had. So it's probably one that you just like saw on TV one random time as a kid I've never, and didn't know what it was. I've never seen it all the way through. I've only right. sorry. I've only seen the end. I think I've only seen like the maybe the last act. But anyway, it's the ultimate Christmas present. It's from the year two thousand. It's got some superstars in it. Let me pull it up. Uh, first of all, it has Brenda Song, who if you look at the the banner photo on Disney Plus on your desktop or whatever. She looks so angry. Like everyone else is like smiling and she's like dead eyeing the camera. Yeah, like she is. It's really funny. Um, and then it's got Spencer Breslin. It's got Bill Fagerbaki, who's the uh voice of Patrick Starr. It's got Lizzie McGuire's mom. It's got Peter Scolari, who uh unfortunately recently just passed away from cancer. Uh, but he was in the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids TV show. He was on the show Bosom Buddies with Tom Hanks many, many years ago. I know him as uh, Roy Chesterfield from uh, 
that thing you do, which if anyone recognizes, besides my family, obviously, but anyone recognizes who Roy Chesterfield is just by name from that movie, you and I need to have a conversation because you will agree with me that that movie is amazing. Uh, anyway, Roy Chesterfield is basically like <laughs> the Ed Sullivan of that movie. Uh, anyway, I love that movie. It's one of my favorite movies. My top three movies. Someone asked me what my favorite movie was the other day, and I was like, I have three, because I can never narrow it down. It's That Thing You Do, Yeah. Galaxy Quest, which is genius. It's just like- Still haven't seen it. Parody, parody at its just most delicious top tier. I, my, fu- I have the DVD copy because your parents were getting rid of it, and yeah. I took it. I'm like, I'm going to watch it, but now I'm like, I can't watch it without Kira. No, so you've got to watch it. Someday, me. when we're together again, we'll watch it. Um, my third favorite movie, which I've only recently, like those two movies have been my favorite movies for decades. I've only just realized that I have another favorite movie in the past like year or two. My other favorite movie <clears throat> is Spider-Man 2, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man 2 with Tobey Maguire and Kirsten Dunst and James yes. Franco and all them. Uh, that movie. So I remember seeing that movie in theaters for the first time and it was the first movie that I ever saw where I was sitting there just going, I need to go see this movie again because I, I was like in, I like vividly remember being in my car with my parents and going and like, just, you just have that, you know, when you see a really good movie that you just like, it's just good for you and you just, yeah. you just feel it in your soul. You're like, I, oh, this yeah. isn't my movie. I had that with Spider-Man 2 and Shrek 2 in like the same oh year. <laughs> yes. I love Shrek 2. The sequels. Deeply love Shrek 2. Well, I also love the trope. I, I love the trope of losing your powers and spider-man 2 has that trope um mm-hmm. and like gain and like relearning things and i love the trope in, Sp- in shrek 2 where he like becomes a human and there's that whole aspect and it's it, it's just perfect like those movies are just great i, I digress the original spider-man movies do you do you think they're actually going to bring back like all the yes. spider-man people yes. together for a movie Yes, because they have like Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire. Yeah, well, they keep saying that Andrew Maguire has to Andrew Maguire, Andrew Garfield, Andrew Garfield has to. <laughs> uh, he has to say that he he's not in it contractually, but they're they're all coming back. They're all they're doing a stupid Spider Verse like rip basically. But Jamie Foxx and Alfred Molina, who are Electro and Doctor Octopus, like they're in it. They've been like broadcast mm. as being in it. So nice, and they're both. Uh, Jamie Foxx was in the uh, the Amazing Spider-Mans with Andrew Garfield, and Alfred Molina was in the greatest Spider-Man movie of all time, Spider-Man Two. <laughs> the best. He's so good in that movie. He's so good. That movie, like, ugh. there's so much depth to Doc Ock in that movie. I just, I love, and the music. Danny Elfman at his absolute best. Fight oh, me, Nightmare Danny Before Christmas Elfman, stands. Yes. <laughs> I actually oh, really man. don't Is like Danny what? Elfman. Uh, for a couple of reasons. I don't really like him as a person. He's kind of insane. But uh, his music all sounds really, really, really similar. And it all has that kind of like, oh, we're spooky and we're funny. Doodly do. Like, you know, Beetlejuice and Nightmare Before Christmas and all kind of those like bouncy. Like everything sounds really bouncy. The Spider-Man theme song is so powerful and it has such a great arc. There's like a bridge and a verse, even though it doesn't have any like lyrics. I just, oh, it's so nuanced. <laughs> Where can you watch those? Those aren't on Disney nah, Plus. They're nowhere. They? I own them. Oh gosh, I feel, I feel like we've talked about this before. They they cycle through. They're just no. Not... We talked about Spy Kids before. That's what Spy you're Kids about is back on Netflix. Hey, um, I can watch those, but I can't watch Spider Man. I rewatched Spy Kids three with my friends the other week. It's so funny. 
Um, no, I Spider-Man... forgot to watch Thanks Killing this year for Thanksgiving. Darn it. Darn. Uh, yeah, but uh, Spider-Man, they, they just kind of cycle through. And since it's, uh, I think it was Sony then, too, it's not a, D- a Disney property. Spider-Man is still technically not a Disney property. He's on loan. Right. So that's why it's not on there. Anyway, the ultimate Christmas present. Uh, it's TVG. It's from 2000. It's an hour 20. It's quite short, but it was yeah. it was tight. It, it was wasn't, paced well. Yeah, it was really well paced. Uh, it's comedy and fantasy. I would say this is more science fiction than fantasy, but that's just me. The Christmassy part is yeah, it's I, fantasy. I guess the, like, the but whole I would, like, robot part of it, yeah. Yeah, I would say it's comedy, science fiction, holiday. Because yeah. holidays aren't fantasy necessarily, but that's just me that's being... True. Really but nitpicky. It's, it's better tags than we've seen for other ones. Crime. <laughs> Crime. Oh, God. Yeah, I'll take comedy and fantasy. That's fine. Yeah, it's fine. I would say this should have coming of age, but that's just me. Yeah, it should. Anyway. When 13-year-old Allie Thompson and her best friend Sam have happened upon a weather-making machine discarded by none other than Santa Claus, they use it to cause a snow day in Los Angeles. But when the machine gets out of hand, it threatens to ruin Christmas. That's exactly what happens in this movie. Yep. And the short blurb is, Allie and Sam lose control of Santa's weather machine. I feel like they should probably not have just said Allie and Sam. They should have just said, you know, a couple of L.A. kids. Couple of kids. Well, I think it's important. I think it being in L.A. is really important. So I think if they they just said, like, a couple of L.A. kids steal a weather machine. Lose control of Santa's weather machine. Yeah, that would have made sense. Yeah, um, I just, I just love the fact that even after they had a little bit of snow, they just kept letting the machine run for a snow day. And I'm like, it's L.A. You get like an inch or two of snow, and schools are gonna close. But they just let it go forever. They were kids. Also, thirteen, my butt. Like those kids looked like they were in like early middle school. Which, like, yeah. I know thirteen, you which can was look really weird it. with the whole like crush thing that was with Blake that was going oh, on. Okay, okay. So uh, let me do it. I'll do my blurb. Okay, so this yeah. movie focuses around Allie and Sam, who are two 13-year-old girls who are best friends. And they... Allie is a naughty girl. She's on the naughty list. But she, you know, pulls Sam into all of these, you know, tricksy things. And... They get invited to this kid Blake's Christmas party, and Allie's madly in love with Blake. You meet Blake in this movie. Blake looks like he's nine. It's really creepy. It is by far the worst part of this movie, which is saying a lot. Um, Well, it's actually not saying much, actually, I think, but uh, we like this movie. Anyway... Yeah, we do. But the hetero agenda is back. That's the thing. Is like this is the worst. This is the worst example of the hetero agenda we've seen because it's like they are tiny children. Like, it's gross. Like I know that that happens in like real life, but also like eek. It was yeah. weird. I don't want to be reminded of it. Yeah, in a movie. Yeah, I just want to have a fun holiday movie, not also middle mi- schoolers no, having middle crushes school. on Ugh. middle schoolers. Anyway, anyway. Uh, so Allie and Sam are going through this forest in LA, I guess, and they bump into Santa <laughs> well, Claus, know, but they don't know he's Santa. LA is forest. Right. And they bump into this cabin that has this guy who throws away a machine and so they steal it. They don't know it's Santa Claus. What Santa Claus is doing in LA, I don't think we ever figure out. I don't, to be honest, I didn't catch that it was Santa. And when he was on the phone with his wife and he kept saying like mama or whatever he was saying. Yeah. 
I was like, okay, like this is Santa's like kid or something that he sent out to LA. And then the, they made like the kissy noises on the phone. I'm like, okay, this isn't, <laughs> this is Santa and his wife. Yeah, I was just really confused. I, it, they might have like brushed why he was in, in LA, but it wasn't, it wasn't clear enough. And I thought it was a little bit, that was like a little bit of a loophole where I was like, or plot hole. I was like, yeah, mm, I, I, didn't, I didn't know if I'd. I didn't know if I just like missed that they announced that this was Santa or we No, they didn't they did on. they didn't announce it and you were just supposed to catch it when you caught it, basically. Yeah. Um no, the girls had no idea it was Santa, but they steal this machine. It turns out to be a weather machine, and Allie decides that they could use it to have a snow day for the next day, so she wouldn't have to do this creative writing assignment that she didn't do. Um, but her dad is in San Francisco and with the snow he can't come home, and so then she's all upset. She's like, I made the big mistake. And then basically LA has a blizzard. There's this meteorologist who's played by Peter Scolari who is trying to figure out what's going on because he is like, no, this is impossible. <laughs> and uh, and then Santa finds them and he's like, you stole my machine. Blah, blah, blah. And then they fix it and it's fine. And there's two elves. One of them is played by Bill Fekbucky and they're great and I so much fun. They're, it's the really Santa fun. Squad. <laughs> There's this really great scene in this movie where it's you know slow motion, but it's really well utilized slow motion because it's that like slow walk where they've got like sunglasses and like leather jackets. Yeah, it's and it's just like so meant to be funny. One of those funny slow mo scenes. It's yeah. so not funny. like a usual decom where they just throw in slow motion who just did, for the heck of it. Who wrote and directed this movie? Because I'm just realizing I didn't look that up previously. Let's see. Could you please hold the hammering? Jeez Louise. It is 10 a.m. on a freaking Saturday. Um, okay. Because I feel like... I feel like it's directed by someone we've seen before. Because I feel like I've, I've seen this on the list. No, I don't want to rate it. <laughs> rate it. Oh, Greg Beeman, who did... Is this the director or the writer? The director... Okay. He did. Let's scroll to the bottom. Oh, he did the original Under Wraps. He did Brink, Horse Sense, Miracle in Lane Two, The Ultimate Christmas Present, Ring of Endless Light, eighteen episodes of Smallville. <laughs> That's how you recognize it. And that's it. Brink was so directed well. Brink. Yeah. It was directed well. It was just written like crap. Under um, wraps, I think I like, but it's not on Disney Plus, so I haven't seen it in many, many years. Wait, 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 wait. Hold up. What? What? Okay. Okay, you won't care about this, but I care about this. Oh, okay. <laughs> the teleplay and the story were written by one of Christopher Guest's mockumentary people. His name is Michael Hitchcock, and if anyone has seen some of the mockumentaries like A Mighty Wind and Best in Show, um, he in Best in Show he's one of the um, Beatrice's dog, the one of the the busy bee, and the the uh, what is it the J Crew LL Bean like the catalog people with the braces like that's him, uh -huh. and then in, in A Mighty Wind he's the town hall a manager and he sings Ave Maria. He's also in Bridesmaids. Uh, he uh, sings, uh, not sings, he's, he's the manager of the jewelry store where Kristen Wiig works. Oh. He's very funny. Like, he's a very, very good comedian. 
So I'm not surprised. Like I'm not I'm surprised that he did it because it seems kind of like low scope for him. But he did yeah. the teleplay. So he actually wrote the script and it was a good script. So Yep. That's exciting. I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> like that's like good for my good for Michael Hitchcock. I'm Yeah. I have seen Best in Show when I feel like when it first came out, I got like the VHS of it, but I think I was too young to really like be into it. Um so I don't re- I don't remember it. So I my my parents love those movies and Best in Show and Mighty Wind are the ones that like we we really locked onto. Wait for Guffman, I've seen it a couple times. It's fine. I do not like for your consideration. And I have not seen mascots, so I keep forgetting to. I love a Mighty Wind more, and I will go into a reason why. Okay, so Best in Show is all about a dog show. And it's kind of it's thought to be kind of the best one because it's really tight. Everyone does a really good job. Um, and it's a mockumentary, so it's a, it's a fake documentary. And I really love A Mighty Wind. So I went to see A Mighty Wind at a discount theater when I was like eight years old with my mom. And it's all about folk music and reuniting folk groups, basically, for one last concert to celebrate the death of their producer or whatever. And celebrate the death. In memoriam, basically. Celebrate the life. He died. <laughs> Yay. Yay. Um, so I really like that movie because it is genius. Not that the other ones aren't genius, but this one is so incredibly clever with its music because it's all original music. It's all original parodies and folk songs that reference other folk songs. The folk uh, groups themselves. I would probably really like this movie. I should probably write this down and watch it. Well, the folk. Okay. So the folk groups are based on like real folk groups from the 50s. In the 60s. So there's like a Sonny and Cher group, which isn't, they weren't folk music, but it's like there were a bunch of like, you know, lovey-dovey couple folk groups, like, you know, the Carpenters right. and stuff, but they were siblings, so that's different. But uh, there's uh, a group called the Folksmen. There's a group called the Folksmen, which is based off of the Kingston Trio. Uh, there's a group called the Main Street Singers and then the New Main Street Singers, and they're uh, based off of the uh, New Christy Minstrel Singers. And it's just genius. And there's just the songs they do are so clever. And they were written, a lot of them were written by Mike McKean and his wife, Annette O'Toole. And I was learning, okay, deep dive. I was learning when I was reading some trivia on Smallville pages that actually they wrote a bunch of those songs while driving from like LA to Vancouver to shoot Smallville because they couldn't fly because of 9-11. And that's how some of those songs came up. One of the songs that they do on the album, so I love the album. The album is genius. It was nominated for a Grammy and may have won. Uh, Kiss at the End of the Rainbow, which is one of the songs that Mitch, one of the songs Major Mickey sings, which that's Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara, was nominated for an Oscar and they performed Dang. at the Oscars, but they that's lost, of course. Amazing. They, this was in 2003, so they lost Into the West. Anyway, vividly remember that. Also, The Trip is Available was nominated that year for the best song. I loved that Oscars. It's still my favorite Oscars ever. Anyway. Um, there's a song they do, like a parody, straight up parody. Like it's the song, but they do it in a folk style of "If You Start Me Up" by I think the Stones. Is that the Stones? I don't know. It's probably one of those songs I would recognize it if I heard it, but I don't know the name of it. Whatever. Um, yeah. So it's by the Stones. So the song is by the Stones, and it's just a folk version of this song. And I didn't know the song before i heard this album and so i was listening to the radio one time and i heard the stones version and i was like hold up 
Of course, you know, I was eight when that movie came out, so of course I didn't know anything. You're but... like, the Stones copied the song from this No, I, I, didn't, I didn't think it that way. Okay. I, was, I was like, oh, no, I'm smart. I was smart enough at that point because I was like 14. And I was like, oh my God, it was just a, it was just a folk version of this real song. That's hysterical. Um, anyway, so it's really that exciting. That was a fun deep dive. Yeah. Trivia really... with Kira. Yeah, so Michael Hitchcock is great. Um, anyway, uh, basically, yeah. Did I did I finish the blurb? I I, mean, thi- I think you finished the blurb. Did I? I think the only thing we didn't talk about was how the dad yeah, comes the, home. Oh, the dad came back because yeah, because the I think that's why I thought I didn't finish it because the dad comes back by uh, the two elves going to pick him up and driving him. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, yeah, this movie's really cute. Yep, it was charming. Very Christmassy. Had some camp. Yeah, it actually felt like a Christmas movie, even though. Twas the Night was a lot of Santa as well, but it just didn't have that Christmas childhood charm that yeah. this one has. Probably mostly because of the crime. Performances. The crime. crime. The crime. <laughs> the crime really didn't put me in the Christmas spirit. So, what would you rather start with, Test of Time or Moral? Oh, let's do Test of Time. Okay. And let me see. I don't exactly remember what I gave Twas the Night, but I feel like it wasn't great. It was like a three. It was low. Or a two, five. This holds up better than that because it doesn't oh, have yeah. all of that gross CG. I'm trying to see. What else did we watch in 2000? There was a. Uh, let's see. Up, Up, and Away was in 2000. Definitely holds up better than that. Oh, yeah. Um, was. Brink? Brink was 99. 99, so 13th year was 2000? Mm-hmm. No. Brink was 98, wasn't it? Okay. So then The Color of Friendship would have been 2000. This isn't holding up quite as good as The Color of Friendship, though. Well, yeah, The Color of Friendship has yeah. <laughs> a bit of a deep... I would say this holds up better than The 13th Year, which I have at a 775. I have that one at an 8. I'm honestly thinking of putting it at an 8, because I have Cadet Kelly at an 8, and that one holds up really well as a movie, but feels kind of dated. Yeah. I feel like this one feels less dated, though. Yeah, like, there wasn't anything that really screamed 2000, besides no. just, like, the quality of the video, which all 2000 movies are going to be like that. Yeah. I was honestly thinking of giving it, like, an 825. Do I have anything That's again? what I was thinking, because I have right on track at an 85, and I don't want to go quite as high as right on track. 825? Nothing? I'm giving it an 825. I feel I feel good about that. Oh, I am right on track. Yeah, Alley Cat Strike I have at an 8.5 as well. I kind of get some Alley Cat Strike test of time-wise vibes with this one. You know what? Maybe I will do an 8-5. Yeah, I have Alley Cat Strike at wanna, an 8, wanna, so... Yeah, I want to be the same as Alley Cat Strike, so... That 8. makes sense. Five. Okay. Yeah, 8-2-5 for me, 8-5 for you. Uh, cool. That was that was easy. That was quick. Uh, yep. Yeah, there's there's no greens... There's no really special effects. The Besides snow stuff the looks sleigh. good. The snow... The sleigh wasn't even special effects, it though. Wasn't, it, was, it was green screen. It was just green screen, yeah. Yeah, and it was well-integrated green screen. The snow... Especially after coming from Twas the Night <laughs> with that sleigh scene. Yeah, the... Oh, I guess this one wasn't a sleigh. It was like a, a car, wasn't it? It was an SUV, a Santa utility oh, vehicle. how could I forget? 
Um, so the only special effects that I can really think of were when they were playing with the weather machine in the bedroom. And there was that cloud, but that looked pretty good. Yeah, for especially for 2000. Yeah, it looked fine. Yeah, and I think it's because it was a mix of practical and CGI because there was the cloud itself was CGI, but the rain, the snow and stuff was practical. Yeah. Oh, God, imagine if they had done CGI's snow. Oh, oh, gosh. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know if there was anything else, was there? I don't think so. Not that I remember, at least. Um, moral. I didn't write anything down, but... Uh, All the stuff I wrote down was basically about, like, what the actual ultimate Christmas present is. Yeah, the ultimate Christmas present is, the meaning of Christmas is, Christmas is about, yeah, it's yeah, all of it, that's yeah. totally what it's about. Yeah, it's like, the yep. ultimate Christmas present is, you know, spending time with your family. The ultimate Christmas present is getting off the naughty list and being on yeah, the nice or list. Yeah, Santa says something about like a gentle white snowfall, the simple joys of the season. That's the true Christmas, ultimate Christmas present. No. Yeah, that's what Santa says. But I, I said like being together is the ultimate Christmas present. Oh, that's it. 100%. A, a, rad, a rad dad coming home is the ultimate Christmas yeah. present. He was a fine dad. I would say he was like, he's like a pretty rad dad. He didn't do yeah, anything I mean, good he was, or bad. He was gone for most yeah. of the movie. But... Mom, mom's rad. That mom yeah, is mom awesome. Is, also, so shout out to that woman who, who played the mom and she was Lizzie McGuire's mom. She was so She's good. She's a good mom. So yeah. good at playing that kind of mom. That mom that's kind of like a, you know, deeply loves the kids, but, but you know, still, isn't, like, a, isn't a pushover. Stri- not super strict, but like. You know, stands her ground. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. good. I'm so glad that she had the Lizzie McGuire mom role. Um, Yeah, I think it's definitely like the ultimate Christmas present is getting to spend time together. Yeah, definitely. Or being together on Christmas. Which is kind of what Twas the Night was about, like, being together with your family. Yeah. But I feel like it's just an easy moral for any sort of holiday movie. Yeah. The true meaning of Christmas and family and all this stuff. But it yeah, would be it would be very better. funny if literally all of our Christmas movies are that. I would not be surprised, in all honesty. Yeah, I mean, good luck, Charlie. Christmas is probably going to have that same moral. Yeah, going to back to our Halloween ones and see if there's anything. Because I wouldn't like it. This was fine. It wasn't like mind blowing in any way. Um. So like, even Steven's movie was kind of about oh, family, yeah. wasn't it? Family is what you make of it. Yeah, I... Hmm. I was got a day with the vampires. True love conquers all. We don't have as many family morals as I thought we did. Yeah, this is just surprising. I mean, there's Halloween Town of let your the children kids, learn their yeah. own lessons. Yeah, but that's that's different as well. I'm. I mean, yeah, honestly, the only one that is similar is Twas the Night, but it's nowhere near as good, so. Yeah. Um. Okay, so now I just have to gauge it. What do I have at, like, a seven? Okay, so I have Zombies 2 at a 7.5. I think this is better than that. What do I have at 7.75? I have Luck of the Irish at a 7.75, which is everybody has bad luck, but you can make it better if you find the luck inside yourself. That seems I I'm okay with I I feel good about that and then the seventh was is you can't run from who you're meant to be. You can't run from your homework assignment. You gotta do it even if you describe it as being what if William Shakespeare came to the future. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm going to do a 775. That makes sense. I was thinking 75 or 775. I have luck of the Irish at a 75. Everybody has bad luck, but you can make but you can make it better if you find the luck inside of yourself. I feel like this one does about the same for me as it does with luck of the Irish. Yeah. So I'll I'll do a 75 for this one as well. Makes sense. Okay. Easy peasy. Uh, overall ranking. Honestly, I just scrolled and hit the 13th year, which I have a B plus. Yeah. Yeah. This does feel like a B plus movie. This is a B plus. Uh, are you going to start singing your song again? 13th year. It's not my the, song. It's not my song. I was song. thinking your Brave Little Toaster song. Oh, it's not a B movie. It's a B plus movie. Oh, uh, well. <laughs> you can it's, change the lyrics. I sure, I sure can't. Not with that rhythm. That would be disgusting. That would be like when in Let It Go, they say, I don't care what they're going to say instead of will. They could have just said, I don't care what they will say. They might say. They could say. They would say. Going to? It doesn't fit the rhythm. What is wrong with them? Oh my God. Sorry. I feel very deeply about that line. It makes me crazy. Uh, my B plus ranking, there's the B plus rankings are 75 to 82. I have You Wish to 79. Jump in into 79. Starstruck at a 75. This is definitely better than Starstruck. Don't get into the bed at a 78. Hatching Pete at a 76. Descendants 1 at an 80. Alley Cat Strike at an 81. Mom's Gonna Day with a Vampire at an 82. Zombies at a 78. And that's it. Hmm. Man, I have a lot of B pluses. I also have a lot of B pluses. This is gonna be hard. Seventy-five mm. to eighty-two, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's better than Starstruck. I have a couple of eighty-twos. I have Alley Cat Strike and Descendants at an eighty-two. Hatching Pete seventy-six. I have I have Alley Cat Strike at an eighty-one. I don't like under the bed at a seventy-eight, and I think this is slightly better than that. So I'm leaning between a seventy-nine and an eighty, but I also feel like just giving it the same score as Alley Cat Strike. But I also feel like Alicat Strike being at an 81 is really high. But I have Descendants 1 at an 80. I'm just going to give it an 81. I thought it was really good. I really enjoyed it. I liked it. I'm I'm, I'm underselling it to myself by going, oh, it's not an 81. (laughs) It was really Christmassy. Like, honestly, it's the first Christmas movie, like, of the actual Christmas season that I watched, like, you know, the post-Thanksgiving season. And it felt really Christmassy. That's your first one didn't count because it wasn't Thanksgiving yet. So, good point. Now it's official. No, this is, like, a movie that, like, if I had kids, yeah, I would, like, add this to my my Christmas list of movies. Like, this is, like, a really, like, gets you in the spirit movie. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to see if I have anything... Right at an 80. I don't think I have anything right at an 80. And I know I can put them as, like, the same as a different one, but I just like having different numbers for when they stack up later, you know? Yeah. So. You know? You know? Yeah, don't you know? I I don't think I have an 80 or 81. I'm going to stick with an 80. Oh, shoot. I just gave Wendy Wu Homecoming Warrior an 80. Okay, 81. Mm. (laughs) This one gets an 81. 
Yeah, I would say is this that is the same thing you gave it. Yeah, I gave it an eighty-one. Ah, it, and same. just basing it off of what you said, like this, just give. I gave Wendy Wood an A minus because I thought that it was really cool. Um, they're very close, I think, in just like quality, and they both have Brenda Song in them, which is just funny. But there is a tightness to this script that I think is a little bit better than the Wendy Wu script. So there's other things about Wendy Wu that I think are better, but in regards yeah. to the script, <laughs> um. Dang, I thought yeah, we were. Gonna... I, I like that I have Wendy Wu in this one pretty close because I like I like them both. Yeah, they're know good. Which one I would rather watch first. They're very. They're I think it would, it would depend in, on the, on the time, same level. Time much. of season. I mean, they're off by well. one. I graded them off by one. But yeah, I think it also just depends on the time of the year. True. So I'm not gonna go watch this in you know April. Why not? <laughs> no. Hey, maybe Christmas in July. <laughs> no. No. Um. Definitely thought we were gonna have more to talk about, and like this movie. Like, oh, it's only been thirty-five minutes. I no, know. It was just like it was just a good. It's just movie. good. Yeah, it's. Fun. I barely even wrote any. All I wrote down was Santa Squad, oh, and I wrote down oh, and their car is running out of gas, and they just keep dropping out of the shot, oh, and then yeah. it goes to commercial break. That was really good. Well, no, it goes to commercial break, right? but he says a line, like, oh, I guess we are going to do that pit stop, and then it cuts to his commercial. Yeah. Because he's yeah. like, there's like a joke before about how he didn't go to the bathroom, and then like the- And I was like, oh, Kira, it's you and me, because I always have to pee, and Kira somehow doesn't have to pee a whole Never. day. I do like, have oh, to I pee would... a whole day. I pee at the start <laughs> end. <laughs> I just don't have to go in the middle. The beginning and the end. I have good constitution. That's my highest yeah, stat. Can... Apparently you can train your bladder, but I wouldn't know because don't I do that. Don't... That's bad. Yeah, I feel like it's not good. My for mom to... my mom is the same way. Like it's just a gene I got from her family. But it's not necessarily a good thing. I won't go into detail, but it's it can be a problematic. Um, yeah. I I can guess. <laughs> Uh, I also just don't drink enough water, and I don't like water, and I just forget to drink it. I love water. I just so does never... Ethan. They both you both I, love I water. I'm like, to dr- water. I don't for- okay. I don't forget to drink water. I can't drink water when I'm with my residents at work because yeah, COVID mask, and wearing yeah. shields and masks. So I, I get to drink water excuse. when I'm at my desk, which is <laughs> not very often. Yeah. Yay! 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 The modern COVID. day. COVID, isn't Hooray. it great? Um, I don't think I have anything else to say about this movie. I just think nope. people should go watch it if you want to yeah. watch something that's, you know, nostalgic and Christmassy. Yeah. I'd say as far as decom Christmas movies go, I So far it's number one. Two, but I don't know if they're going to get much better than this. I don't have hopes for The Good Luck Charlie Christmas because I didn't watch Good Luck Charlie. I, so... My mom and Gina used to watch it all the time together, mm-hmm. so I've seen episodes here and there. I mean, I didn't mind it. I thought it was, like, a cute show from what I saw, so we'll Yeah, see. it seems fine. It's just, I, I just won't have any sort of, like, connection to it. Yeah, you don't have it. any context. And yeah. It might, yeah, it'll probably be, I, I, I'm expecting it to be very similar to how I felt about the Sweet Life movie, where I was like, what? Is, am I supposed to I, know I, what's happening? Yeah, well, you would assume most people who watch those movies have seen the show, right? You know, and they're they're like, okay, let's watch the movie after we watched all the episodes of the show. Yeah, most people don't just go into the movie not having seen it. Yeah, but we do on this podcast. We're weird. 
and then Christmas again is a new one that hasn't come out yet. It comes out next week. Uh, yeah. So I genuinely with new movies, I just I have to keep as open of mind as possible. Yeah, because they are so. It's ridiculous. They're just so varied in quality. Yeah. Um, yeah, so next week is Good Luck Charlie Christmas. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, our decom missions for the week. Watch well, this for movie. us, while we're recording, it's a small business Saturday. And I know it won't be when this episode comes out, but no, no matter what day Christmas. it is, shop local for the holidays and, you know, the whole year round. Yeah. That's my mission. Go to a, a small local shop. Support them. Yeah. I don't know any small local shops. I mean, I feel bad. Um, I don't know. Wish for a white Christmas for me because I won't have one. Oh. Someone send Kira a weather machine. Please don't. Give her 14 inches of snow. No. Mm-mm. None of that. I've already not been able to leave my house for two years. Uh. Um. Decide the ultimate Christmas present for yourself. What is your ultimate Christmas present this year? Because I don't even know what I want as a regular present. Ethan's mom keeps asking Ethan, and I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I never know what I want. Keeps asking Ethan for what you want. Yeah, he told her I wanted a pillow. Trying to be sneaky. I'm not going to keep this in, but he told her I wanted a pillow. I was like, I don't want a pillow. (laughs) Where did he get that from? I don't know. I I mean, I've been looking for a good pillow for a while. I can't find one that... Okay, I had a pillow that I really loved and was, like, the perfect pillow. And then I decided to wash it like an idiot. And now... I mean, it's a pillow that you're supposed to be able to wash, but anytime you wash a pillow, it's going to change the fluffing inside of it. The fluffing, you know. You got to just, like, soak it in a bathtub. I mean, that's pretty much what... I just put it on the soak setting. Yeah, but it's still moves yeah move still moves around yeah so sad rip rip i haven't been able to find that kind of pillow it was like an alternative down pillow but it was the Mm. perfect amount of filling in it so i'm mad at myself when we were living in japan there was a furniture store that was really really popular called nitori and they had memory foam pillows that were like five bucks and they were so nice and usually i can't do memory foam because i move too much and it doesn't actually like make an imprint of my head it just <laughs> i don't know usually they're too firm for me oh i like firm stuff because i i don't i move when i sleep but the thing is i only like having one pillow meanwhile like my parents and ethan they sleep with like three pillows oh, in their head i'm, I'm like, like surrounded by pillows i just can't like i don't know i've always been like that i'm like i don't want more than one pillow because then i i feel like my neck is like cranked up yeah. Well, I don't, I I can't don't sleep. have them, like, stacked, but I have, like, one on my left side. I sleep right in the middle of my bed, and I've got, like, pillows on my left, pillows on my right, pillow behind my head. <laughs> I need to have a pillow. It's like a cocoon of pillows. I need to have a pillow between my legs for my my back and hip issues, mm-hmm. but they it makes my legs hurt more. Like, I, not hurt, but I have restless leg syndrome, and it affects that more. 
Yeah. And so I can't have like a regular pillow between my legs, but I also can't have like those like divot the ones, ones that are made either. For that. No, so I've been trying to find, like, a the right kind of pillow. It's been... Do you actually, like, stay in that position when you sleep, though? That's the other problem. I say, if, I feel like I would kick that out of the bed as I slept. <laughs> yep. That's the other issue with finding a good pillows, because usually they're either made for, like, side sleepers if they're... Yep. They have more fluff, or if you're a stomach sleeper, it has to be flatter. But I sleep on my stomach, my back, and my sides, so it's really hard to find a pillow that works for all of that that doesn't give my neck pain in the morning new decommission find find your uh, best find pillow, a pillow. <laughs> find your best pillow i've been trying for years someone make a pillow for me <laughs> well that's the other thing is you're supposed to be able to go to these websites and like design your perfect pillow no it doesn't work it doesn't work and they're overpriced and dumb yep um so this hammering has now switched to drilling so i'm going to lose my <laughs> mind so before i do that uh I will just sign off and say to everyone, thanks for listening, and uh, happy holidays, and uh, see you in the next one. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.